0: Log Talk Radio to sports urban legend along with my co-host macaulay matthew i'm of course way my mo what's up mac how you doing hey oh wait hold up one second let's uh i think mac is here now what's up mac hey how's, how's it going nothing <laughs> Not much man oh yeah well yeah Mr. missed the link in Europe. um yeah basically right. uh yeah, we uh, I left the the, the show with, uh, um, you know, the the song "We Don't Need Another Hero." Oh, okay. Can you guess why? For Max Scherzer. For <laughs> Mad- Max Scherzer, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess you are correct. Yep. But yes, so that should give you a clue what we're gonna leave the show with. So again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for checking out this episode of Sportsman Legend. Along with my co host Macaulay Matthew, the man you heard right there. I'm of course William Ramon. And on today's show we are, yes, spoiler alert, we are talking about the huge trans the trans metamorphic seismic change that the Mets have just done. We're gonna get into that. A move I never thought in a million years would have happened. But I guess you like the saying goes, you know. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. So now the the nemesis of the Mets is now, uh, is now joining forces with the Mets. We're going to get into that. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about, you know, the lockout, how it affects both the Mets and the Yankees and all the other teams uh, in Major League Baseball. We're going to also preview the Giants and Jets series. Um, of course, Giants um, – they are going to be um, they're going to be in Miami against the Dolphins, while uh, the Jets host um, your nemesis, the Eagles. Um, we'll also talk about the the tailspin that the Knicks are on right now, especially at home. Knicks are under now not only under five hundred at home, but under five hundred for the first time all year at eleven and twelve. We're going to dive into that as well. Uh, We'll also talk about, you know, the latest stuff that's going on in WWE and their new day one pay-per-view event. Uh, And also all those stuff that's going on in, uh, you know, the world of wrestling. And, yes, um, we'll even, you know, on this show, we talk sports and entertainment. And, of course, you know, we're going to talk about a franchise, a film franchise, a, you know, cartoon franchise that's very near and dear to our hearts ever since we were kids. And, of course, I'm talking about. The new Ghostbuster Afterlife film. What are our thoughts on this new movie? Is it another letdown? Is it a redemption film? Check it out. Check out the check out this whole episode. And we'll, me and you, as always, we'll give you our brutally honest, um, you know, thoughts on everything. Basically, we're going to cover here. So, if you'd like to talk about any of these topics and more, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, the number is five six three nine 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 three five two nine. That's 563-999-3529. So feel free to talk about any of these topics you'd like to talk about. We'd, we, we'd love to hear from you. Whether you agree or disagree with us, you agree with Mac, you disagree with me, or vice versa, hey, the floor is yours. Uh, but with that said, hey, let's, let's let's just dive right into it. Let's just dive right into it. And of course, I'm talking about the huge blockbuster signing of Max uh, Mad Max Serger coming to the last team. I out of all the thirty teams, I did not think Max, Max Serger was ever going to come here. Like the, you know, there was rumors this guy wasn't. You know he you know he, he vetoed a trade to come to New York. You know and wanted to stay out west. And of course he went to the to the Dodgers, where he of course went went seven and zero you know, as a Dodger. And, um, you know, I obviously I wasn't happy about it because I wanted the guy to be on the team. But hey, if he don't want to come here, I don't want no guy who, or anybody who, who don't want to pitch for my, play for my team, you know, and help my team win. You know, it is what it is. But, you know, money talks. You know, we gave him a record deal, three year, 130 million, which shattered uh, Garrett Cole, a pitcher in Macaulay might have heard of once or twice, you know, the third. Pitcher in baseball and in New York, if you want to be more specific, True. You know the ace of the Yankees. You know since you know he he's our pitcher on the Mets, so you know he you know he has to be third fiddle. You know in his own town, but um you know he you know he's he's you know a good pitcher. You know, but in any case, we we'll talk about him more a little bit later McCauley wants to you know give his you know thoughts about you know his you know his Yankees of course. So. We'll get into that, but yeah, man, Max Serger, man, this guy who's tormented the Mets, you know, for so many years with the Nationals. I mean, he, this guy, like he tormented the Mets like Clemens, like Piazza tortured Clemens in a a Mets uniform. That's how, that's how bad Serger dominated the Mets. I mean, he was scary, man. Like out of all the pitchers in the baseball that scared me, that, that, that was the guy right there. You know, and yes, he even threw a no hitter against the Mets in 2015, which you know, obviously, I haven't forgotten about that. But you know, yeah, man, this guy's a bulldog, man. I mean, he's 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 a tough dude, you know, to face. You know, I mean, the only person, the only pitcher, I, you know, I thought that was better than him in the game is is Degrom, you know. And now you have this dream matchup of these two. Cy Young Award winners, multiple Cy Young Award winners joining forces. You know, uh, Sergio has three. Uh, DeGrom has two. You know, he got robbed from D- Bauer last year, you know, in this, the the, play, the pandemic shortened season. Um, but, yeah, man, this is like the, what, this is going to be, I think, the, what, the fourth time that the Mets in their history has had multiple Cy Young Awards in the same rotation you know, they had Pedro and um, Tom Glavin, you know, during the Mania era. Then for that one season uh, in 08, they had Pedro and um, and uh, Johan Santana, another trade, another move other than Pe- along with Pedro that people didn't think Mets was going to get, but they did get those those moves done. And then um I'm trying to think, who was the other one? I think there was another one. There's another picture that they had that, with two Youngs. I can't remember off the top of my head. But yeah. Oh, um, I think it was Brett Saberhagen and Brett Sager. Oh no, no, wait, but no, no. Brett Saberhagen. Well, Brett Saber Hager did pitch with the Mets, but that was before that. Um, he he pitched with somebody else. Um, as a multi- in another team, probably the the Twins, before he came to the Mets. But yeah, there's there's been uh. Only a few times in history that um, that you've had two multiple Cy Young Award winners on the same staff, and it just solidifies the Mets is the greatest pitching franchise of all time. And you know it's not going to mean nothing if they don't they don't knock in these runs. And to do that, um, they they made a big move um, last week, signed Sterling Marte. Uh, they also signed. Um, you know, Escobar as well, you know, to, to um, prove the defense and, you know, his versatility. And then they also signed a hard-nosed guy in uh, Um Basically, all these guys that they sign are, are good character guys. Um, and, um, you know, they should – it should be a good season for the Mets. And hopefully if they could sign Bryant, Chris Bryant, if – we do get this lockout eventually um, stopped, you know, hopefully they can sign, um, you know, Chris Bryant to help out this, um, you know, this, this team and hopefully be the final piece of the puzzle. And then they got to improve the rotation as as well. So yeah, the Mets, the Mets have a, have a few more stuff to do. And then of course they, they need a manager. They need to, Hopefully get an experienced manager, hopefully a Buck Showalter. A Bob, um, let me see who's the other person I was thinking off the top of my head. Mike Shosha, Bruce Bochi. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see what the, the Mets are going to do. Um, you know, what what's your thoughts on the state of the Mets and uh, this Scherzer signing, Mac? Well, I think it's a great signing. You know, Scherzer is one of the top pitchers in the game. You know, uh, you can make the case he's the second-best pitcher in the game, although I still think Jericho is the second-best pitcher in the game. But, you know. When do you well, think is the first? Uh, well, of course, DeGrom. I mean, come on. I mean, you you already know that. But you – I could have sworn when when Jericho, Jericho signed with you with, uh, with you guys, you automatically put him on first ahead of DeGrom. I did. I did. But, you know. After after some consideration, I will put the Grom in front of Jericho. I would say that I, I I could say, but yeah, you can make the case at least that Scherzer is one of the top five pitchers. Mm-hmm. But there's still some other pitchers I think that that might be in front of Scherzer. You know, even the guy uh, who's the guy in the kid in Minnesota. Um, Barrios? I think so.
1: Did oh, he, but
0: he got traded to, to, um, to um, Blue Jays and, and then signed a huge extension. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Who won the, uh, the Cy Young this year in um, the American League? Wasn't it a the Blue Jay pitcher? Um, who did? Um, that's a good. That's a good question. Was it Robbie Ray? I think it was Robbie Ray. Let me. Mm. Let me just make sure. I think um, it was. I think yeah, it, yeah was it was Robbie Ray, right? Blue Jays, right, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Robbie Ray. What did he sign? Did He signed with the Mariners. Let me let me double check where he, because he he yeah he left the, that team. Yeah. I think he's I think he signed with the um the Mariners. Because yeah. that was one of the teams I was interested in him either. I mean also I should say. Um, yeah, well, it looks he, like that's the case. Let me just um, let me just. Um, okay. Confirm that I think he did sign with the the um the Mariners. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, it looks like he did. Yeah, he did. He he signed with the Mariners. So, um, but you could make a case. I mean, Tris is one of the top five pitchers in the game right now, and uh, you know he is older. You know, he's thirty seven years Absolutely. old. Absolutely. So, um, age is definitely going to be a factor, and we did see him. You know, he had that dead arm in that mm-hmm. in the playoff. You know, with the Dodgers. Although now he's blaming, the, he's saying that the Dodgers. Didn't use him enough. That's why he had a dead arm. But Mm -hmm. shouldn't that be the opposite? Yeah, normally it would be. If you don't, if they don't pitch you that often, you should have a rested arm, not a dead arm, right? Um. Yeah, that that would normally be the case. But I guess he feels that, you know, he would have warmed his arm would have been more warmed up to the to this possibility because he has done it before in the past. I mean, he even did in the other series. Where he closed out the game in the playoffs, and then, of course, um, you know, his um epic season with the Nationals, uh, much to my chagrin, winning the winning that title in in uh, 2019. So, I'm not buying um, that because the pitchers they should be warming up, they should be they should be uh, practicing on their off days anyway, you know, yeah, to keep their arms alive. So I'm not buying that. But I think he you know he went on short rest. You know he and he was going he was going try to go on short rest to to pitch that 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 um that game and he you know unfortunately for him and the dodgers he he wasn't able to that was like the first time he couldn't answer the call yeah you know, he say saying he had a line. dead arm I and mean, when you have a dead arm that's because they overuse you he's saying wow. they not use them enough i mean that doesn't that doesn't sound right. I mean, I think they, you know, he's he's pitched a lot of innings. You know, I mean, he pitched one one eighty innings, I think, this year. And he's he's always been adorable. He always pitches a bunch of stuff. I guess it must have added up to it. And then he, I guess, he felt he wasn't warmed up enough to to do it.
1: But yeah, well, but that's
0: not what he's saying. He's saying that they they didn't use him enough. They're saying yeah. that he anticipated pitching more, and the Dodgers didn't do that. So he's yeah. he's saying the opposite of what. A lot should have money. occurred, yeah. So, right. I don't, I don't know if we're buying that, but we'll see. You know, we'll mm-hmm. see. You know, if his, uh, if that has any effect uh, when he does pitch. But that's if he does pitch this upcoming season, because now yeah. you have this lockout, you know, that's going on right now. So, but it's a, it's a good, uh, it's a good pickup for the Mets. I mean, they paid a lot of money to get mm-hmm. him, yep. and hopefully, you know, he can bring his uh, great pitching to the Mets. And it'll be a great one-two combo with him and and um,
1: Degrom when healthy,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I think this in Mets Mets history of signings, where would you where would you rank this signing so far? Um, potential. Yeah, I mean it's definitely up there. I mean it's it's up there with the Glavin signing, mm-hmm. up there with the Pedro signing, you know, mm-hmm. and those were also great pitchers. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's definitely up there. I would say. I agree with you. I think it definitely has the potential to be the best one because I mean this guy was unlikely of signing. I mean Pedro 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 and Glavin weren't weren't likely to sign either. I mean yeah. I mean Glavin was a Met killer just like Sergio was. You know. Yeah. Um, I mean that free agency, and I didn't think I didn't think any of those guys was going to come to the Mets. I didn't nice. think. Um, Santana was going to get traded over here. You know, everybody was saying that. You know, the Mets. You know, the um, you know that the he was going to get traded to the Yankees. You know, and um, you know, Mets. You know, prevailed in that that sense. But um, I actually think the the Santana signing was actually better than all these three. Well, actually, so you're talking about it was about. a trade. It was a trade though. With the oh Santana. yeah, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're right about yeah. that. Yeah. With the Twins. Yeah. Well, that deal, I should say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, getting him was, uh, you know, because this guy was still in his prime, but unfortunately uh, injuries caught up to him and, you know, um, shortened his career. But, yeah, getting him at the time, I mean, you know, could have been uh, one of the best pitchers in baseball. Mm-hmm. Plus through the, the only man no-hitter in history. Yeah, through that one hit, that no-hitter, you know, for you guys. But, yeah, if not for injuries, he definitely could have, you know, still be pitching even now maybe. Who mm-hmm. knows? Possibly yeah but yeah this this surgery trade uh i mean the surgery signing uh yeah this is like this legit has the chance of being the best um free agent signing especially for a pitcher i mean because i mean he he just finished up the the, the best performance for a pitcher and a w- w- you know with a massive contract like he li- he legit yeah. lived up to the hype for the for the um the nationals he he changed the whole culture, you know, of the Nationals, and he elevated the games of uh, Strasburg and, and and Corbin, you know, on, on those teams, and and helped propel them to that to their title, to their elusive championship two years mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. Hopefully the Mets can have their curse snapped, 35, 35 championship season snap. So. Which will be thirty six. Um, if we do have this um, season coming up, the time will tell. And then, yeah, there was rumors that um, that uh, Granderson might 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 even be the you know might have consideration of being the next manager or um, Joe Espada, a guy who who used to be in the the Yankees Yankees organization and all this other stuff. Yeah, I, I don't know if we mentioned this, but um, on the Yankee side, we now have, maybe we did talk about it, Luis Rojas as a third-base coach, former manager, right? Oh, uh, No, Joe Spada, he was, uh, you know, he used to work with um, the – No, no, I'm talking um, about Luis, Luis Rojas. No. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm trying to change the subject. hmm No, I'm saying that I don't know if we talked about this, but Luis Rojas is not a third-base coach. I don't know if we talked about it a couple well a couple We might have mentioned a couple weeks ago, right? Actually no, this just happened. Didn't, didn't this just happen, the uh, Luis Rojas as third base coach for the Yankees. Uh yeah, he just right. He he just um yeah, he just um signed as the third base coach with the with the um with the with the Yankees, I should say. Uh yeah. I don't I don't remember if we talked about it the last time, but a couple know. weeks ago, right? November around uh, November 15, I think. Yeah, something like that. Like
1: yeah, You know, we sure
0: you know, yeah. should have less pressure on them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh hopefully he's <laughs> making better decisions with us than he did with you guys, so but um, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. Yeah, if he crosses a Yankees a game, you know, getting a, a Yankee caught thrown out against the Red Sox, he he'll, he'll tenure will be a lot shorter than his network. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you he that can. much. Well, he was with you guys for what a year, one season, right? No, well, actually, he was he was the manager for two years, but he's been with the Mets organization for like fourteen years. You know, well, as a as a around. coach, I mean, you know. But yeah, as a manager, he's been he's been a manager with the Mets for uh, two two years. Okay. But yeah, he's always, he's been around the organization all all over the place. You know. Oh yeah, you're finally. counting the lockouts. You're counting that shortened season. That, yeah. Uh, that that yeah. Well. I guess you could say two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd probably say a year and half, maybe. That well, yeah, they're short. But yeah, but you know that that counts as a full season, even though it was really a half a season. Yeah, it's, it's that, yeah. that's all we played. So right, it's a weird weird season. We messed up everybody's everybody's statistic. Everybody, especially the great players who had streaks of you know, I don't know. Knocking on a, you know, 100 runs or, or, um, you know, hitting 30 home runs or, um, you know, um, winning 20 games, they messed up everybody's statistics, you know, you know, you love. And now we have the lockout. So, you know, how, you know, obviously, you know, there was people criticizing the Yankees like, oh, they haven't made any big moves, you know, biggest move they made so far was signing, uh, Jose Peraza, who, you know, he he had a he had a good year with the Mets off the bench, had a lot of clutch hits, um, but you know, you know, the Yankees, the Yankees are always Yankees are always in the hunt of doing something. I mean, Trevor Story is still out there, Correa is out there, who, um, Marcus Stroman, the new Cub, um, he he's he's courting Correa to come to um, to How the. How do you feel about that? Um, you mean about Strowman? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think he was a good pitcher for us. Um, I would have liked him to have, um, you know, stayed and been like a third or another option. But you know, he, even in the beginning of the off season, he's been, you know, saying like, you know, Cubs is a great place to play for. Then he's second about all these other teams. And then after most recently, most recently when the Mets were were really zeroing in on Scherzer, um, reportedly um, he liked a a comment from a fan who was insinuating that the Mets are, you know, are racist because they're pursuing all these other players and not him, you know. Mm. And then he, you know, he also was saying, like, um, I think it stems from him saying, like, you know, that he you know that you know i guess he felt the type of way that you know they were pursuing all these other pitchers, and he was they were't going after him, you know mm-hmm. but um yeah, he signed a a three year seventy one million dollar contract um you know he did he did um thank the organization and the fans, but you know he's he's going to to cubs he he's he said he never played i think in wrigley fielder so you know, so um I could have he did last year, but I guess not. But um yeah, so best of luck to him. Hopefully he won't the Mets, you know, a game or, or in the playoff especially in the playoffs so we'll see we'll see what happens with that. Of course you got Syndergaard and Loop, the best reliever that the Mets have going to Anaheim. Yeah. And um apparently, you know, Steven Matts playing the Mets you know, (laughs) Trevor Bauer style, apparently, reportedly, he was, you know, you know, he, um, his agent reached out to Cohen and the Mets and and basically said he would be interested in a a reunion with the Mets, you know, obviously, because he grew up uh, being a Mets fan, and, you know, he was in the system his whole career until he got traded last year, and he had a, a great season with Toronto winning 14 games, um, so the met there was there was interest, mutual interest between both of them and then apparently once he got um he trade he signed with with um with the Cardinals, um Cohen got went on tri- on Twitter and was basically saying that he was PO'd, that the agent lied to him, that he would have a, a last you know, a he would have a, a last chance opportunity to match any deal to ensure that Matt's returns as a I Met. And then, uh, you know, then of course, you know, him pursuing Serzer, um intensified. And of course, that's what got us to the Scherzer situation. But um, yeah, what, what's your thoughts on the, the current state of the, the Yankees and who you think they'll go after and who do you want them to go after to improve this? Whoa. If there's a lock, if this lockout gets lifted up, of course. I mean, uh, we definitely have to you know, add some pitching, definitely. Um, yeah, I would have loved Scherzo on the Yankees, but I'm hearing maybe it's possible the Yankees could even go after uh, another uh, another Houston Astro. I mean, they already got Jared Cole, but they might go after Verlander. So you could possibly see Verlander in a Yankee uniform. And you heard about that several years ago. Remember oh, when there was rumors that Verlander might, you know, maybe coming from the Tiger City Yankees, but he ended up going to the Astros instead. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if he can still pitch and be effective as an ace, yeah, I would love him on the Yankees. You know, have that one-two punch of him and and Cole. That'd be great. Well, I'd still have to see what, you know, what, what what. Yeah, go ahead. No, continue. I'll I'll finish what I'm saying after what you said. No, yeah, we'll, we'll still have to see if he uh, if he has the stuff. I mean, um, have you heard any news? Has he signed? Yeah, well, yes and no. Well, a few weeks ago he signed, or, or uh, like a week or two ago he signed. He re-signed with Astros, one year, twenty five million. However, even though he agreed to the deal, he didn't he didn't officially sign with them before mm-hmm. the lockout. So. There's this weird technicality of whether or not he's still if the if the agreement counts or or whatnot. So right now he's you know he he did agree with a one year twenty five million dollar deal to re, return with the Astros, but now that the lockout happened and they didn't you know make the signing official, now 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 there's questioning questions whether or not. If the um, the the deal the agreement is is now null and void, so yeah, that's something to mo- to monitor. You know, I, yeah, I'm reading here it's not official. it Looks like so. So it looks like that's deal was never announced and it's presumably is not official. What does that mean? <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, uh-huh. let's see if the Yankees can jump on this opportunity and and. And pull a Steve Cohen in and over, you know, you know, um, overpay to to get a, a guy of Verlander's caliber to to come over to the Yankees. Yeah. yeah, and also I would have loved a guy like Javier Baez coming to the Yankees. You know, he yeah. helped you guys out last year. But if we could have got him, uh, put him at shortstop then move um, move Torres to second base, and yeah. I, I I think that would have been a great tandem in the, mm-hmm. in the infield, but Myers went up. He ended up signing with the um, the Tigers. With the Tigers, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, oh yeah, how do you feel about that? Him going to the Tigers, by the way. Yeah, I mean, uh, this this one, you know, kind of hurts because I I thought for sure he would come back, and have that double play tandem with his you know his buddy um, Lindor. You know, I, you know, his nickname is El Margo, but now the magic is gone. You know, now he's, he went to, to Tigers and I would have liked him to, to return. But, um, yeah, he, you know, he took, you know, he, um, took his talents to to the Motown. You know, he's going to try to get a a hit like he's, you know, the Supremes of Temptations over there. So (laughs) we'll we'll see what happens, you know? Yeah. With him over there but yeah i i thought for sure he's going to come back and you know you know solidify that double play combination he had with that small sampling we had um last year but yeah hopefully um we can get his teammate his former teammate chris brank to come over here and uh chris Bryant can play um third and then in a few years once uh baby and um i'm trying to think of the other Third base prospect they have. Um, See, there's Beatty and I think Vientos. You know, once those guys get called up, you know, Bryant can go into the outfield and uh, show, you know, showcase his, you know, his his uh, his versatility. You know, like he has in the past. You know, so I I definitely think Bryant is the last piece of the puzzle if they can sign him. Hopefully. And then uh, improve the rotation. Maybe sign that um, Rondon guy. And uh, I'm trying to think what other pitchers are out there. But, yeah, they definitely. I, and I think they've been interested in that, um, that that um, that, that um, what was it, Japanese pitcher from, uh, I think, Mariners, Ku, Ku, Kuichi, I think his name was. I forgot. Yeah, I mean, his numbers wasn't that good last year. But, you know, they think maybe, you know, with a good pitching, pitching, um, you know, pitching coach, you know, his numbers can, um, you know, will, will improve dr- dramatically. I mean, he, his numbers haven't was was improving, but you know, he has the potential to be a better pitcher. So that's another guy they were thinking about. Oh, and speaking of a uh, Japanese pitcher, I don't know if you heard Masahiro Tanaka. He's he's uh, remaining in Japan for another year. Yeah. Well, you yeah, know, I would have loved to keep them uh, last year, but mm-hmm. yeah, he can't give me the decision not to bring them back, so mm-hmm. it is what it is. Yeah. Maybe I'll come back next year, uh, you know, 20, 2023. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Let me see. What other? i trying to think of any other moves that happen. Uh, I can't really think of anything else, any other move in baseball. Um, who, wait, didn't um somebody sign a like a deal? Oh, oh yeah, Seager. Seager, I think signed with the Texas Rangers. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a big move right there. That's a big move for them. You know, for them for sure. So yeah, we'll we'll definitely keep you guys posted on. You know, what happens in, well, <laughs> once this lockout is officially gone and uh, hopefully the Mets can hire a, a manager, hopefully a, ma- a manager with experience like the ones I've mentioned earlier today. Um, yeah, well, see. the search we'll see. continues. Yeah, the search continues. Hopefully we can. And uh, speaking of switching gears, speaking of a team that needs to be locked up, the New York Knicks, man. They need to be locked up for for a team impersonating the New York Knicks, man. Like, this team this team gave us false hope. You know, I mean, obviously it's still early. You know, at one point this team was the number one team in the East, and now they drop all the way down and they're they're under 500. They can't even win. They can even win it at, at MSG, which you know we saw firsthand when they made Ricky Rubio and, and Jared Allen seem like they're the nineteen seventy two um Lakers, you know, just you know being up on us. Yep. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with the Knicks, man. I mean, and it falls on the coach, Tibbs. And Tibbs, yeah, you know, he's yeah. a good coach and all, but his rotations are have been off. I don't know if Camel Walker said something about his mother or something. <laughs> That's that caused them not to play, but right now, Kim Walker is not in the rotation at all. I mean, this guy nope. is benched. He hasn't played at all in, in these last several games, mm-hmm. and it, it, it sounds like the Knicks might trade him. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, if you have a veteran guy like that, a 10-year, uh, uh, um, a guy who's been in the league for like 10 years, your, your biggest marquee signing that you had, yeah. I mean... Yeah, I mean, he was the big marquee signing, you know, about his home his his homecoming, finally putting on the Knicks uniform. He was the he was the 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 big deal, you yeah. know, you know, he was the of signing, you know, for the for the Knicks, you know, a guy who, who's ta- a talented guy who's clutch, and um, yeah, Fournier was supposed to be like the Robin of of um, you know of the signing, you know Fournier. You know he's, you know offensively he. You know he. You know he. You know he lives up to the hype. You know he's knocking down threes. This Knicks team, man, they can't play no defense. Randall keeps turning the ball over. Um, the the next game, they you know he missed some free throws, back to back free throws, and and then you know of course they, you know they they the the refs missed some calls. Uh, apparently. They they said that how you know they didn't call those call those calls you know Randall getting fouled is because he's stronger than everybody else and they didn't notice him getting hurt. So my question to them is, would you have preferred him to be like those 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 wimpy players who who flops around every time someone sneezes on them and act like you know they got shot you know from a cannon or something? Like I mean. I mean, what, what is he supposed to do? Like, you shouldn't penalize the guy because he's stronger. He he can withhold. He can he can handle contact. If he's fouled, he's fouled. That's it. And then yeah, and I'll then after that. the game, they they admit that they they got the, they made they made some backhauls. Like it's too little, too late, man. The Nets got the W. Because yes, Randall's strong and. I mean, yeah, he does initiate contact as a bigger guy, but still, a foul is a foul. Mm-hmm. You know, whether he's a big guy or a small guy, you have to call it. Exactly. You know, regardless if he's stronger than any other person. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah. it doesn't make any sense, but so, let he's me... probably going to end up getting fined for his comments after the game. So, let me get this straight. So, let's say Shawn Michaels ran onto the court and super kicked Randall, and he doesn't, he doesn't fall to the floor. They're still not gonna call it because he's stronger, (laughs) by by that logic. (laughs) Like, I mean, come on. Like, what what are they doing? What's the NBA doing? This this reminds me of 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 that play that Utley did on um, Ruben Tejada and broke his legs. Yeah, they they didn't say it was a they didn't they everybody said it was a dirty play, but they didn't but they didn't suspend them. And afterwards, once you know, I think it cost the Mets the, the only game against the, the Dodgers that year. And then afterwards, um, you know, the Mets end up winning that series. But, but then the, the umpires and, and uh, Joe Torrey, who was like um, the disciplinarian of the, the commissioner's office, you know, they all agree that they missed the call. But it was too little too late. It cost them a game. And essentially, we've been to Hada's career. Because he was never the same player again after what happened. I mean, yeah, it's like, kidding. what's up I'm with kidding. these refs, man? Like, yeah. and refs and umpires. Like, just call the game, fair, you know, fair and square. It doesn't matter if the person who, the person who, who initiated the contact or, or, or um, the recipient of, of the contact. Um, wait, did I say that? The, pers- the perpetrator or the recipient of the, the contact is a star player. You have to call it right down the middle. Like it don't it don't make no sense for you to penalize somebody based on their size or or popularity. Yeah, After I all, mean, justice is supposed to be blind, right? So, come on. you know, the the thing with Randall, yeah, he does have a point about the contact and the fouls thing, but still, he complains way too much. Yes, he does to, to, to the refs, and also he turns the ball over a lot. I don't know why Tibbs continues to have the ball in his hand at times mm-hmm. when he turns the ball over a lot. I think he's averaged close to four turnovers a game, I think. But, yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, right? Ray- and that's why, you know, I, I like Randall, but but I'm not in love with him as the Knicks, you know, leader. You know what I mean? Normally yeah. a guy like, you know, a, a player in that, that position, I'd be like, you know, I'm all, I'm all for him. You know what I mean? I'm all. You know, don't get me wrong. I'm not against him. You know, but I, I just, I think he has too many flaws. You know, in order to be like a guy who we can see as a, a championship caliber guy who will take us to the promised land. He could he yeah. be, could he be a uh, a third option on a championship caliber team on the Knicks? Oh yeah, I definitely think so. But yeah. If you're counting on him to be the clutch guy who's going to just take us there, yeah, I don't I don't see it. You know, yeah, sometimes he disappears. Also, he does. And unfortunately, you know, that happened in the playoffs against the Hawks, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's a new experience for him. You know, this was his first year as an all-star, you know. So, I mean, that, the, last year was the year where he finally, you know, put it all together, you know, living up to his potential and being the most improved player, you know, which he, you know, was well-deserved, you know, by him. But, yeah, he just needs to – he needs to improve his game. Barrett needs to improve his game, you know, sh- you know shooting as well. And um, yeah, the Knicks man, they just can't win. They can't win at home. They couldn't win at home even if they even if they start the game with a you know with a one hundred point you know lead advantage to start the game. The way how they they the way how they play, they it's can't crazy play no because the, this garden you they want to go crazy for the Knicks and yeah. excited for the season, but Knicks aren't giving them anything to be excited about right now. Exactly. The Knicks fans think they're gonna experience going to a Knicks game is like Christmas morning, but all they keep getting is a lump of call in the fourth quarter. <laughs> they, yep. can't, they can't hold on to the lead. They they literally can't hold on to the lead. Like even if the other team is missing baskets, they they they're miss they're they're going on a cold streak, and then the other team, you know, think they're they're Steve Nash or 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 Ray Allen or Reggie Miller, you know against us, like knocking down threes, like it was ridiculous, and then um, Djokovic, and all, you know, the the Denver Nuggets, they, they whipped our butts in, in a Saturday matinee today, you know, I mean, the Knicks, man, they just, I don't know, what, I don't even know what else to say, man, it's, it, you know, this, we're now under 500, I think now, right? I know, yeah, this is our first time all year we're under 500, we're, We're 11 and 12, and then we're like five and seven at MSG. Wow! And we started. Then we start the season three and one. Yeah, we definitely did. We was on a roll, and then we got now we got steamrolled over. It's it's just it's it's messed up, man. You know we we want like you said, man. We want to be hyped. We want to be you know we want to jump up and down and. And, and you know, uh, you know, throw our arms around this team and be like, you know, hey man, we're here for you guys, man. Just you know, play some D and and, and show up in the fourth quarter. It's like it's just it's like it's like the Knicks of the past, you know. Prior to last year, it's like they just they just can't play any defense. It doesn't matter if they're up by twenty or down by twenty. Is they just no lead is safe. Even if they're up by twenty, they blow the lead. I played you more know. defense in Columbia than the Knicks I playing <laughs> right now. Shoot. I mean, um that that alien from, from Rise of the Skywalker, the armless mechanic, alien slug alien played more defense than the <laughs> You know? So I mean it's just it's just it's crazy. It's it's just yeah, man, we'll just hopefully hopefully next week, you know then, you know, we'll be able to talk more positive about the Knicks. And then, you know, on the flip side, you know, the Nets, you know, there's rumors with the Nets maybe trying to trade Kyrie. And, of course, you know, they got the victory against um, us, you know. um, Yeah, man, I mean, uh, what else can you say, you know? They'll just have to trade away eventually trade Kyrie and try to get another big three. Because um yeah, it's, a, it's just a, a distraction. What, what's your thought? You're still here? I guess he's speechless. Um... But um, in any case, um, well, sorry about that. My, my phone's timed out there. No, I was saying that, um, well, Kyrie thing, the Nets are flourishing right now without him, even though they lost tonight mm-hmm. against the Bulls. the Bulls. But, I mean, they're doing well with just Harden and Durant at the moment. Mm-hmm. But if they do trade Kyrie, I think you could probably trade him to for John Wall, because right now, I mean, rumors that John Wall, um, is it Washington? That's the current team he's on, right? Uh, He he used to be on Washington. Um, oh, the Rockets, Rockets. I think. Yeah, I think he's on Rockets. Now. Yeah, 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 Rockets. So you could trade John Wall for Kyrie straight up. I think that would work. You know? Yeah, there's even rumors that maybe even Nick might trade him straight up for Kemba for Walker. Yeah, I mean, well, I, you know,
1: Mitchell it
0: we'll probably give have it to get more. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think we'd have to do it more. Maybe I think, am said me right? Maybe they were thinking maybe Knox or maybe, um, maybe I don't, I don't remember if they said Mitchell Robinson, but yeah, I think that I think there would have to be maybe three to four players that would go back to yeah. To, um, yeah, well, I mean. I don't know how well you know. I haven't seen Wall play in a while. Is he even mm-hmm. playing right now? I think he's injured or something, right? Um, I don't I don't think he's playing. Yeah, Cause I think he's. You know, I think they're wondering whether he's going to get a buyout or whatnot. Oh, okay. Yeah, because he's making forty-four this year. Forty-seven million next year. It's a lot yes. of money. Mhm. Yeah. That's. Mhm. Yeah, it's gonna be like thirty-four million that they're gonna just be not even be able to use because he's not even playing. So. Yeah. But yeah. Shifting gears. Um. With the Jets, the Jets. Um, they're gonna be um hosting the Eagles. You know, um a game I guess you're gonna have vested interest that you know hope somehow the Jets can pull off a victory here, um against your Eagles. Um My um, well, Eagles <laughs> Well your rival Eagles I should say. Your yeah. rival your rival Eagles, um you know, um basically um the um Wilson didn't have a good game. But uh the Jets, you know, the defense, you know, they you know, they had some sacks, you know, that that led them to the victory. So, um they're gonna they're gonna hope that they could um they could stop the Eagles. who who what do you think that going happen? Uh, well right, I mean uh, the the Jet defense uh just stopped Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. They're gonna to have to stop the Bart um Bart Scott. Oh no, Boston Scott, I should say. Bart Scott. Uh, B- boston Scott. Um mm-hmm. they're gonna to have to stop uh their receivers. I mean yeah, the Jet defense gonna to have to improve. The jet defense has been horrific this year, man. Mhm. Yeah. So they've had um, like I think three games when they gave up at least forty points, I think. Yeah. So I mean they, But most of all, they're going to have to stop Jalen Hurts, you know, because he's the guy that makes the Eagles go. And they're going to have to stop his speed, don't allow him to run, and uh, don't allow him to make big plays. If they don't do that, then it's going to be a long day for the Jets.
1: And -hmm. Jets
0: just got to get going on offense. You know, right now their offense is not – it hasn't been clicking. I mean, yeah. They haven't done much. In recent weeks, I mean, they've they've had some games where they they look okay, mm-hmm. here and there. But
1: I yeah, mean, but uh, it was on
0: Wilson, yeah, yeah. With, the, with uh, you know, with uh, what's his name again? Um, Flacco, yeah, and that other rookie. You know, they they were um, you know, they they you know he, they kept them in the game,
1: right? Wilson,
0: right. you know, they did win this game, even though he didn't. He he had an interception. He, you know, he he was not. He was not uh, doing a madden like performance, mhm, so hopefully he can bounce back at home against the Eagles um, yeah, we'll definitely keep you posted with that and then of course, you have um the giants um facing the dolphins in miami and uh the dolphins like one I think four in a row um you know and they again- the having, having their, their, you know Cut off for them. So, yeah, that's gonna be a, uh, I think they're both teams are evenly matched. I mean, they almost have the same record. Giants are four and seven. Dolphins are five and seven. So I mean they mirror each other in in same way. Um, I don't know. This is this one's gonna be a close game. I think tomorrow. Yeah, I think it's gonna come down to a field goal. But um, I, I also, I think Dan and Jones might be out tomorrow as well. So mm-hmm. if that's going to be the case, then you know, we're going to have to establish a running game. Hopefully, you see Kwan Barkley is good to go, and hopefully the Giants can win it. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a close game, I think. Yeah, you're definitely going to have to stop um, Tagovailoa, you know. Yeah, the quarterback Laliola. Dolphins, so, yeah. And if you guys need a chance... You know, have a chance of uh, you know winning this game, and Dolphins they're gonna try to they're gonna try to sweep New York after defeating uh you know the um the Jets you know a few weeks ago. Yeah. Now they're gonna try to beat the Giants like about what two weeks later. Yep. But um. Yeah, shifting gears, man. Um, Yeah, I guess we'll talk uh, WWE, and then we'll go into uh, the um, Ghostbuster film. Oh, but before we do that, um, do you have any suggestions for the fantasy football? Oh, yes, right. Let me uh, pull up my fantasy football starts for week 13 here. Let me see. Okay, so 13, I'm going with quarterback Jalen Hurts versus New York Jets, running back Antonio Gibson versus Raiders, wide receiver Michael Pittman against the Colts. Uh, I mean, Michael Pittman against the Texans, tight end Logan Thomas against the Raiders, kicker Grid Joseph against the Lions, and defense special teams Colts versus Texans. That's my week 13 fantasy starts. Thanks for that, Mac. Yep, no and, problem. And, yeah, thinking of uh, switching gears, you know, fantasy matchups. Um, Yeah, the WWE, yet again, they botched another one. You know, you. Um, we all knew that Sami Zayn didn't have a chance against Roman Reigns. But at least, you know, we thought he would have a pay-per-view event, you know, that he'd actually compete in you know, that day one pay per view event which is gonna um debut on uh, New Year's Day. And um, you know, it'd have been Roman Reigns versus um Sami Zayn who who has been saying for the past couple of years that, you know, that there's a conspiracy against him to for him not to, you know, um be a champion or, or you know, get any airtime and he's He's proven himself right because Brock Lesnar forced him to um, use his number one contendership instead of on January 1st, but on um, on yesterday on uh, Friday Night SmackDown. And um, basically, he wasted his opportunity and lost to Roman Reigns in the main event of Friday Night SmackDown. And, you know, prior to that, you know, in that episode, he was taken to a Suplex City. You know, so yeah, and and that that, that was the thing about last week is that they took all his momentum of him winning the number one contendership just for you know Kayla, you know, Braxton to announce that the 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 suspension was lifted. You know, um, which now it's kind of contra- it's kind of contradictory because you know last week. They just said, oh, you know, the suspension has been lifted. And then on Monday, uh, uh, Friday Night Smackdown, Michael Cole says that he paid the $1 million fine, which, I mean, I don't know. It just seemed like something that was added on, you know, to try to tie it back to the whole $1 million um, um fine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, have you noticed? Uh, Brockler has been really good on the mic without Paul Heyman. Notice that? Yeah, he's yeah he's improved. You know he, you know he's talked. Um, you know he he you know he, you know he he um. He's I just, guess he knows his. Funny. His limitations, you know he, you know he talks a little bit, you know he you know he engages the crowd and, you know, he doesn't go yep. on long promo stuff. You know he just short yeah. and sweet and you know down to business yeah the sammy Zayn segment was funny mm-hmm. yeah it was i think i think he learned something from the r truth segment <laughs> you that our truth segment is what really like you know made him break out of his shell you yeah. know even as a heel <laughs> when r truth you know took the the tough task can him laugh breaking character without him even realizing it you know but right now, I mean, Brock Lesnar, I don't even consider him a heel. He's like a tweener right now, I guess. No, no, he's definitely he's he's definitely a baby face right now because, you know, he's feuding with Roman Reigns. He's no longer a Paul Heyman. Yeah. And Roman Reigns is a heel, so now yeah. But he Brock still has West. that heelish, you know. I, yeah. I don't know. He still has that intimidating heelish. Yeah. Presence, which is good, yeah. which is great because you know WWE. Normally, when they turn. A heel baby face, they make them watered down, like, yeah. especially, especially like Diesel's initial um, run in WWE back in the 90s. You know, they tend to, you know, what people loved about the bag, you know, the heels, um, they turned them into a baby face and just made them smile around and right. make them lose their edge, you know, so. Yeah, you know, it's a, like a guy it's like Stone just, Cold back in the day, you know? Yeah, I was, you, you stole that, stole it right from my, from, right from, I was just about to say that as well, you know? Stone Cold was a heel, and then of course they had that, um, that, the, the WrestleMania, what, wrestling in 13, when him and, and Brett did the double turn, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that was probably the first effective turn into a baby face, when you think about it, because he, he still kept the same attitude you know that he had as a heel, but he's getting cheered for it you know sure, and that's what you gotta do when you have a popular heel you turn on baby face you, you he has to keep that intensity you can't make him you know turn his character completely around his 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 his, his um his um you know baby face turn him turning into a good guy you know it, it has to make sense you know. Yeah, even Randy Orton is like another guy that's like a... Yeah. I mean, he's always been like a tweener. And his mic skills are improved too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, possible for those guys that, you know, from the um, attitude error slash ruthless aggression error that's stepping up their game. Mm-hmm. You know, so... Yeah, I'm trying to think what else happened uh, on Raw. Oh, yeah. Kevin Owens, you know, he he tricked um, Seth Rollins to attacking him during the Roman Reigns um, Big E match. So now it's going to be a triple threat match between all three men for the WWE title. No surprise there. Um, I'm trying to think. So yeah, the paper view event is called Day One, and I'm like it's on New Year's Day, yeah. Is so I'm like, is it so I'm like, is this technically a new, uh, uh, a a USO slash Bloodline per view event theme per view event? Because you know, um, USO's theme song says you know, you know they they you know they're the Day One ish and all the stuff, and and then of course you know. The the bloodline says you know they're the ones and they point the one finger. Like is this is this also like day one as in day one as in New Year's Day the first day of the year but is it also subliminally uh, uh bloodline slash uso um, tape event? you know could be could have a double meaning I guess because mm-hmm. when you think about it you know that wouldn't be the first time that you know. The bloodline. Someone in their bloodline has a pay-per-view event. If you remember, yeah. the the Rock back in the days had a Rock Bottom pay-per-view event. Right, right. So maybe that could. Maybe that it could be coincidence, or maybe because they are defending their tag team tiles against the, um, the New Day with with a returning Kofi Kingston uh, this past Friday night. So. Um. No, this is the first New New Year's Day pay per view since New Year's resolution. No, New Year's Revolution I should say. Yeah, but was it was it on New Year's Day? Uh, new Year's Evolution, I should say. No, I think it was Revolution. No um, Revolution I think it was back in the day. Was it Resolution? I thought it was Evolution. No, no, no. I think it was Revolution. Let me let me type this okay. up. Let me check this out. Okay. Revolution or evolution? No, I think it was revolution. Okay, maybe it was revolution. Yeah, it is revolution. Um, okay. Let me see what was these paper views. Yeah, but yeah, but these paper views were, weren't were on the the first of July though. You you, you mean January? I mean January, right? Yeah, it's exactly. My fault. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let me let me just make sure because I'm pretty sure they may have. This is the first time they're having a pay-per-view event on New Year's Day. Right. So they usually right. give the people, you know, they usually uh, are fair enough. Like a do, week. You yeah. know, give them time off. You know, that you know, not have a pay-per-view on the same day because it's like they have them working on Christmas now and New Year's Day. It's like they literally have no no time off. So yeah, the, the Revolution pay-per-view event was debuted in, in January nine oh five. Um. Then January 8 of '06, and then January 7 of '07. So, yeah, now this day one. People's event is literally on the first of the the you know New Year's Day, which that's that's like I I really think that's unfair. Like you can't give these guys a you know the day off. Like it's it's it's, it's ridiculous. On a Saturday too, I think, right? Uh, I'm gonna have to find out. I'm, I believe it's on a Saturday. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it is on a Saturday. You're right. So it's not even a it's not even a Sunday preview. It's a yeah. Sunday preview. Like this. This seems shoehorned. You know, it's a, it's the first day, and day one, new day. You know, it's a new day, It's a new year. <laughs> is this a? Is this another? Cause it's also. Play on that also. Like I mean, yeah. I mean, what can you do, man? You know, WWE man, they have not been making good decisions for the past couple of years, especially all these firings. You know that we mentioned Keith Lee and and Carrion Cross, guys who won the, the the NXT titles and all that stuff. Like, it's just an utter joke. With the state of WWE. Man, like I did not even watch NXT because not that NXT is bad. It's just you know WWE doesn't even know how to use these people. Like they, they, you know, they work their heart, you know, their, you know, their, you know, their butt off to, you know, to to make, you know, to to entertain the fans and get paid. And then you know the creative don't know what to do with them and cut them for no reason. Like Bray Wyatt is still a free agent. Like, does that make sense? <laughs> I mean, make any sense? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, just I just feel disenfranchised with WWE right now because it's like they talk about you know, oh, you know, reaching for the brass rings, but when people are sincerely like, like Cesaro and all these other people are like trying to are actually doing that, getting over with the fans, or even um, Zack Ryder like ten years ago. When they do reach for the brass rings, you know, gonna just pulls the, the ladder right from under them and and, and then get them free to endeavour. Like yeah. it's just it's just a joke. But it is what it is. Um I'm trying to think. Um I guess shifting gears to AEW, um I can't even think what happened on AEW? Uh oh yes, thing he, he fought, um Sting, Sting and Darby Allen uh, teamed up against uh, the Gun Club, which has um, Billy Gunn and his sons on it. I think Colton and Austin Gunn are, are his sons' names. And uh, um, Sting had his first match in Atlanta in, like, 14 years. And, you know, they got the victory. Um, Cody Cody Rhodes... Um, um, he was in a tag team like against um um uh, Malachi Black and um Andrade. Try to remember who 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 he teamed up with. I can't remember who he teamed up with. Um let me see. Um, what was that again? Um so. so Oh yeah. oh it was just against Andrade in atlantis Atlanta Street Flight. So here here's what happened on on um Dynamite. You had Brian Danielson defeated Allen Five Angels. CM Punk defeated Lee Moriarty. Wardlow defeats AC Adams. Darby Allen and Sting defeat the bug, the the Gun Club, like I mentioned. Ruby Soho defeats Chris Leonard to advance in the TBS Championship Tournament. Cody Rhodes had that hardcore match, the, the Atlanta Street Fight match, which um, had um, Cody's wife uh, Brandy set a table on, on fire as um, Cody Rhodes there's like a i think a Falcon arrow oh, what was it no no i think it was a no i think it was a regular suplex. super you know the top of suplex, you know off the top rope off the top rope into the um you know through the table and then got the pinfall over uh you know Cody Rhodes yeah and before that match i think it was um um, Andrade who who not it was either, I think it was Andrade or Malakai who, who um who caused um listening, Arn Anderson to, to fall off the the um the entrance, the, the um the entrance uh area. Like the the rampway. Um and then the, the the um Daniel Brian Danielson he's gonna be facing hangman Adam Page next month as well in the pay-per-view for Daniel Bryan to have his first opportunity, you know, as the AEW champion, potentially, if he wins that match. Um, and then, let's see. And then on uh, Rampage, you had Sammy Guevara retaining the TNT um, championship against to- Tony nice. Uh Jay Carragill defeating uh, Jani Kai. And FTR defeating Pac and Pentagon Jr. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I guess that's basically it. But before we head out, uh, let's give you our thoughts on uh, the pay-per-view, uh, not the pay-per-view, event, the Ghostbusters, um, a- afterlife, um, movie thoughts, man. before I give you mine. I mean, it was a great reboot. One of the best reboots I've ever seen. And, yeah, they brought back all the cast from the original movies, the actors. Um, they even did some flashbacks from the original films. I mean, there was no flaw that I could find this movie at all. And usually i have a hard critic of movies. But this was like a... Absolute ten. Originally, I rated it a, a nine between a nine and nine and a half, but after rethinking about it, I gotta give it a ten. And you know, I love the younger actors. You know, the, um, the girl who played Egon's granddaughter, and also a uh, grandson who was also in one of the main characters in Stranger Things. They did a phenomenal job. And um, yeah, man, but it was just good to see uh, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, and uh, Ernie Hudson pr- reprise their roles again. And, you know, Harold Remis, although he passed away, you know, there is a tribute to him in this film. So you got to just go watch it to see what that is. But yeah, man, it's uh, it was a great film to watch from beginning to end. And it looks like we will be getting some more sequels in the future so you shall wait and see yeah man you hit you hit everything around the head i agree with everything you said um phenomenal movie um you know exceed expectations you know this is the movie you know we, we always want we wait 30 plus years to see you know we wanted to see what happened with the the original ghostbusters you know I like the 2016 movie where they they had them pop up in different scenes um, as different characters they They actually came back as themselves, and this whole movie was you know a tribute to um Harold Ramis and his portrayal as um egon, you know um, the you know the ghostbuster who you know after who who passed away, um, I think in 2014. So the whole movie was essentially about him and his his character, um, Egon's family um, moving uh, to Somerville, Oklahoma, and basically, you know, Egon's, you know, reputation was destroyed. You know, you're you definitely going to have to see the movie, see how everything went, you know, went down. But, yeah, I highly recommend the film. Perfect casting, you know, It was great to see the Ghostbusters are back. You know, Bill Murray, um, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, uh, Sigourney Reaver were reprising her role as uh, Dana Barrett, um, and, of course, Annie Potts as um, Janine, you know, their longtime secretary. So um, it was a great movie. And then just like how what we assumed with The Force Awakening, a force awakens you know you had the new cast blend with the old cast, um but this was executed flawlessly um yeah the um the actor you know they did they did a phenomenal job um um you know um finn Wolfhard hard from uh the stranger things basically played a similar character to the character he plays on uh you know on the show um You had Makina Grace, who was the star of the whole movie, as Egon's granddaughter. Paul Rudd, I mean, he, he, you know, he was Paul Rudd, basically, you know, he, you know, he provided the comic relief, you know, he was the cool um, teacher um, that was, you know, along the ride with them, and, you know, uh, Carrie Coon was... uh, was on um, the the main characters um mother and egon's daughter i mean it was just perfectly executed like you like you to me like there was nothing more they could have done that could have bettered the movie and then of course the tribute um you know chef's kiss man it was just it was just flawless you know the whole the whole um you know, the scene, I'll just take the scene. If you've seen the movie, um, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So yeah, hands down, definitely watch, watch the film. If you've seen it already, watch it again. And if you've seen it two times, watch it a third time. Just, just keep watching this movie. And, uh, you know, I just, you know, maybe, you know, I'll, you know, I'll do, you know, I'll talk about this more in depth, spoil it more, uh, and another time maybe maybe in a future um YouTube video maybe. So, you know, stay tuned for that and um yeah, highly recommend it. You know, I, zero to ten. You know, before I even saw the post credits, I was like, you know, this is you know, this is a ten. Like I can't I can't complain with this movie. And then afterwards they showed the post credits which is alluding to future Ghostbuster movies um, and maybe a, even a possible return of uh, Viggo the Carpathian from the second film so um, yeah uh, this is 11 to me but like from 10 to 10 this is 11 sorry math teachers <laughs> what can I say man just, I, I can't I can't complain so it is what it is man go see the movie it's worth the wait. We had to we had to wait what thirty two years for the for for the sequel Ghostbusters two and yeah oh yeah like let me give you the backstory like uh yeah Ghostbusters two was like the first one we ever seen I mean you know in theaters that's like the movie I really wanted to see and I wanted to see the Batman movie but and I don't think that it took me several years to watch that but the for my birthday like that was like the first movie I I wanted to see in theaters and you know. You know that's what you know. So this this franchise, you know, meant a lot to me as a kid. And watching, and the reason why I wanted to watch see the movie is because of the, the Ghostbuster cartoons that came on back in those days. It was like Teenage Ninja Turtles and the Ghostbuster um, uh, cartoons for back in back in the days. I was really into. So. Oh yeah. You know, so it was great to see what happened to, you know. Our fellow friends, our fictional, you know, friends from fellow friends from New York. So, see, see what happened to them after all those years. So, definitely, uh, highly recommend the film. So, yeah, that's it. Uh, anything else you'd like to say, Mac? Before we, write off in Echo uh, One, just check out my show. I'm Mac. Check your local listings for that. It's every Saturdays at ten. And come back here and check out Sports of Legend every at eleventh. Only on mock Talk Radio. All right, you heard the man. Check out his show IMAC. Um, you know, check out my YouTube channel, Sports and Legend T V, you know, maybe I'll uh you know, I'll try to do a Ghostbuster review, um spoilers on that one, hopefully in the future. Um and um of course come back here next week and check out the next episode of, of Sports Urban Sports Urban Legend uh with with uh and Matthew and of course me, William Ramos. So again I'll see you guys next week and have a a wonderful and great weekend. Peace. Okay.